A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure as always to be in your company. Uh, if this is the first time that you've ever come to the podcast, please subscribe to it. You can do it via the TalkSport website or via various platforms. We are everywhere. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, you name it, you can get it. You're just looking out for Fight Night. Hit the subscribe button so then you never miss out on any of the Fight Night content that comes your way. Uh, Saturday night is when we do our live show, and that's where bits of this podcast are taken from. We started by talking about one of the biggest topics of last week, that WBC statement in and around Connor Ben and their investigation towards his failed performance-enhancing drug test dated back to last July. Myself, Gareth A. Davis, Spencer Oliver, who was out in Saudi Arabia, and Dom uh, McGuinness all got stuck in to that topic of conversation. Uh, there are other things going on in the world of boxing, of course. This week you will have seen a statement uh, released by the WBC. They've completed their investigation uh, into Connor Ben. Uh, and one of the two failed uh, performance-enhancing drug tests, uh, as per VADA. This one dated July 25th, of which uh, Conor Ben and his team were notified of its findings on August the 23rd. Uh, the results uh, of uh, the findings from the WBC is that Conor Ben will be reinstated mm. uh, into the rankings, uh, and uh, that is it, as far as they're concerned, on that particular test. Uh, as per their uh, Clean Boxing Curs programme. Uh, the reason for people that have been asking me on social media, why are they only investigating one of the tests? Well, only one of the tests is as per WBC. Uh, the second test was, uh, again, a voluntary anti-doping test, which Conor Ben uh, failed. Uh, but that one was uh, voluntary signed up for by him and Chris Eubank Jr. in the wake of their particular fight. That one, obviously, uh, sanctioned on British soil, and that is the one... Uh, that we are led to believe that uh, UK Anti-Doping and the British Boxing Board of Control are trying to investigate. We will have more information on that, I've no doubt, in the upcoming months. Uh, what have you made of everything that uh, has come out this week, Gareth, as per the uh, WBC and, and obviously the speedy uh, response off the back of that by the British Boxing Board of Control? Because they also issued a statement in the immediate aftermath. Well, while you were building that up, you could hear me probably rattling around, around with, it, yeah. my, with my notes. I've made so many notes on this this week. I've got six pages in front of me here of stuff that I've um, wrote a report myself, first of all, on, when was it, Wednesday when that came out? Yes. Um, you know, just to outline it, that the VADA 
the VADA 2 VADA test or the first VADA test that, that is there's no strict liability on it, which is why Eddie Hearn, not Eddie Hearn, sorry, Conor Ben's legal team have gone to the WBC with. It's important. It's important when you're doing this that we that we've got to be really specific because they've only investigated one test, yeah, yeah. and it's the one that is connected to the clean boxing program with the that, WBC that does not have strict liability. It on doesn't it. have strict liability. The and second that's why one they does there. exactly. So that's the only um, case they've brought so far. Ben's team to the WBC. Um, they tried for contamination. We understand of the VADA sample, that was thrown out. Um, they gave the eggs evidence, but that was accepted. So the WBC have accepted, in principle, in grace, that Conor Ben hasn't knowingly cheated. So they've accepted the excuse of eggs, of, of over an abundance of eggs in his nutritional nutritional diet. They, they want him to undergo training in that respect and, and observation. It's going to be reported to WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, that perhaps there is an evidence of clomiphene coming through eggs. So they accepted, it's it's a lot of big legal legalese. It's a big legalese case. Um, the, the, the key is that they are now putting pressure on the Boxing Border Control and Robert Smith and VADA, uh, sorry, UK Anti-Doping, mm. to make a decision about that, that it's come out, that they don't feel that WBC have said, we don't feel that he has knowingly cheated which is what basically they've outlined. Um, and they're putting pressure on the boxing board now to make a decision um, and to force UCAD and the boxing board's hand by Eddie Hearn doing an interview this week where he said patently, uh, Connor's going to box. We're looking at him to boxing in May, June or July. He hasn't been exonerated um, of having clomiphene in his body accidentally. No. no. Um, but it's not knowingly. So um, there's... It's accidental in that sense, but he still is responsible under the boxing board VADA test. Yeah. Sorry, under the VADA voluntary test towards um, the, the, the second one that they came up with. This doesn't sound very clear, but the second test he gave has strict liability around it because it was tested going into an event. It wasn't the CARES program with mm -hmm. the WBC. So basically, Eddie Hearn, what's happening is Eddie Hearn and Connor Ben's lawyers now uh, will try and seek some kind of redemption from the boxing board or they'll just box with a license which Eddie Hearn said yesterday in an interview with Coogan Cassius on IFL TV um, I've got I wrote lots of notes from it he basically said you know it depends how long the board takes to make their decision um, and I know that the that a member of his team has now spoken to Robert Smith um, off the record to, to see where they're going with it so it is moving but if they don't get a resolution from UCAD and the Boxing Board of Control soon, and they are putting pressure on them, mm. I think, just through their actions yeah. to get a decision, I think they'll get a licence from elsewhere, and they might even box here, try to box here, under licence from somewhere else. But he may well just box somewhere else. And the, the underlying... What worries me about this is the underlying um, feeling is that Eddie Hearn is realising that it's made Conor Ben an even bigger name now, and he can make even bigger fights for him. Um, what it's done for me is highlighted major systemic failures yeah. in boxing and the way that not only we, well, majorly that we, the way that we process uh, failures when it comes to performance-enhancing drug tests 
Um, I'll, I'll pick this up in a minute, but what I want to do, uh, I just want you to hear from Maurizio Suleiman, the uh, WBC president. Um, Spencer Oliver caught up with him uh, a little earlier on this week because Maurizio is out in Saudi Arabia. Spencer did sit down uh, with Maurizio Suleiman. He pressed him on a, on a couple of points. In particular, Conor Ben's reinstatement to the WBC rankings. Yeah, the clean boxing program for all folk has finished and uh, we put out a press release which is self-explanatory and uh, he will be reinstated next month on the rankings. Sure, I mean, does that... I mean, the, the British Boxing Board of Control, he doesn't hold a licence anywhere at the moment, Conor Ben. He's, he relinquished his British Boxing Board of Control licence. So with him getting reinstated, just to clear all this up, he gets reinstated into the WBC rankings, but he will have to get a licence from somewhere in the world. Um, I'm not sure he's going to go down the British Boxing Board route, so could that possibly be America or somewhere else? I don't know. Uh, we do not license back boxers. Sure. And uh, we simply said everything that happened in the sure. ruling, so that's all that, that we have to, to say about the case. Yeah, I mean, I know you received a 270-page document about, you know, Connor's case and, and, you know, and about what he was saying to prove his innocence. Um, he did fail two tests at two different times, the UCAD test that he had failed. Um, could you clear up how how this was no, cleared up I mean I am not a scientist and uh, the ruling is very clear that's the only thing that we have to say about the man I mean you was comfortable with what they presented in that document to say well yeah it's okay to let him continue boxing even though he had failed those two tests previously you're trying to put me into a corner no, and, no, and I'm not I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get the answer that's all because no, it's answer... still a little bit unclear at the moment as to why or how he was reinstating the WBC rulings without having this license we, we and whatnot. A, we did a process under the protocol and the ruling came from that process and that's what we put out a couple of days. Very difficult to interview somebody that doesn't want to actually answer any questions. Mm. Spencer Oliver is uh, out in uh, Saudi Arabia right now joining us. Uh, Spence, I felt for you, mate, because obviously you're trying to get to the bottom of, in my opinion, a ridiculous ruling uh, off the back of what the WBC put out this week with their statement. They blatantly say within there that Conor Ben is guilty of failing a performance-enhancing drug test. They've, they've flagged that up. They then obviously said that they asked Conor Ben for a reason as to why he failed that test, why Clomiform was in his system. It took him four months to respond to the WBC. And when he did respond, they presented a 270-page document citing uh, contamination from the lab. Then the WBC obviously speaking to Varda, said that could possibly not have happened. And then it's only then after that that Conor Ben and his team then start to present uh, this eggs excuse that they have uh, that they started at the start of, of February. So I felt for you with the, with the line of questioning there, mate. It must have been incredibly frustrating asking those questions to the WBC president who has accepted a second excuse and not the first excuse that was originally given. It was very frustrating, you know. Um, I, and I tried to take the soft approach with um, Mauricio Suleiman because I wanted to get the answers and I didn't want to pressure him too much. And as you said, as you heard, the more I started pressing him, he started then talking about backing him into, into a corner or whatever. And I just said, listen, Mauricio, we just want the answers, mate, on how you've come to that conclusion that now all of a sudden you've accepted this, you know, you, he's got the 270-page document and you've accepted basically what is they've gone back to the egg situation. And I've got to say, guys, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it, I've got to say, I think it stinks. Yeah, it does, totally it does. I think it stinks, right? I'm going to be honest about mm. this. I think it's wrong. 
I really think it's wrong. You know, the WBC have backtracked. Right now, we've got this situation with the British Boxing Board of Control, and I know Eddie Hearn, Matcham, and Conor Ben's team are trying to press the British Boxing Board of Control. But let me tell you one thing here, right, guys. If the British Boxing Board of Control do not take a stance on this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a mockery of the sport. And you know what's going to happen. More people are going to think they can get away with taking certain substances because there's always going to find loopholes in the system. We know... Listen, we know what's happened here. We know how long it's taken for them to come to this, you know, to this thing. And, and you know, certain things were presented. You know, governing bodies didn't accept that. Then something else was presented. Come on, guys. Yeah. We, we're not stupid here. We are not stupid. The system stinks. It's not working. And this, yeah, this is not good for the sport. I think it puts a really bad stain on the sport and even more so on the WBC because I think they should be ashamed of, of, of the way that they've dealt with this. Absolutely. The, the, Mauricio as well gave some other interviews that I watched and he did no, he went no further with anyone else, Spencer. You tried Gareth, your best with he him. Did. He, he did, mate. Uh, listen, I've listened to two or three interviews that he's done and certain people, I, I named one person, Steve Bunce, who really pushed him and went hard on him and he got no more out of it. No, that's what I, I mean. He did. Yeah. No, no one else yeah, no. got any more. He the, did. And, and unfortunately, um, he should have been made to discuss some of the parts of that ruling um, because the fact that they have said that there was no contamination in the VADA tests, um, I think that's important. That should have been discussed yep. by him. And secondly that when that didn't get through with them, they then brought the eggs as a secondary reason, mm -hmm. which is actually explained in the report. Yep. Um, yep. He should have been able to speak about that, why there was a, a disparity between the first reasoning that his legal team gave, then they gave a secondary reason, mm -hmm. and it's only taken three weeks for that decision to be made. Yep. The timings need discussing. It's as muddy as it was now before... We did hear about it in, in lots of ways. And like you say, they are putting pressure totally on, on UCAD and the Boxing Board of Control to make a decision. The first, the first thing, Spence, right, that has really made me mad about this situation is that the Clean Boxing Programme do not hold strict liability yeah. as part of as yeah. part of their reason. Yeah. Strict liability means absolutely. that the, the fighter in question, Conor Ben, is absolutely, solely, 100% responsible for everything that goes into his system, whether it's on purpose, whether it's accidental, it doesn't matter... Strict liability is what people are, are held to account for. Clomiphene as a drug, it's not a natural substance. It's not naturally found in eggs. It has to be artificially inseminated into chickens, yeah. of which then transfers into the egg, of which then transfers into the human into the human body. I want to refer which, which, back... Which, by the way... It's not which, allowed by in the this way, country. Guys, <laughs> which, by the way, guys, that has only been found in eggs in South America. Not mm -hmm. over here, either. So mm -hmm. I'm just, I just want to highlight that, you know, because, I mean... I think it's a really weak, really poor excuse saying about using this eggs one. And I'm going to be honest. Listen, I've got nothing against Connor Ben no. as a person. I've got a big issue with what's going on here within our sport and the way this is being dealt with. The WBC, man, is meant to be the green and gold belt. It's meant to be the ruler of mm. the world titles. You know, it's, it's, got the most, it's the most historic title. And I've got to say, it absolutely stinks. The way they've dealt with this and the way they've put him kind of back into the rankings so easily is not right. That is what I'm saying on it. You know, I'm, I'm very strong about it. I've no doubt that that topic of conversation is going to rumble on over the next few weeks. Keep your ears open to TalkSport uh, and the very shows that we offer uh, as they discuss uh, the developments regarding Conor Ben and uh, his upcoming fight that might be announced very soon. Uh, Carl Froch.
also joined us on Saturday night. The reason for it is because Jake Paul's been calling him out. Easy money for the Cobra. That's what he had to say. Well, how serious am I taking it? Well, <laughs> the thing is, not that seriously at all, but that doesn't mean that I wouldn't jump in and happily end his fake boxing career because that's what it is. He's not a professional fighter. You've got to give him credit. The guy knows how to make money. He's an entertainer. He's a performing clown, whatever you want to call him. I mean, I, I call him that on a couple of times because that's what he is. He's an entertainer and he's got... He's got a niche for the market. He's got his own. He's got his own sale points. But my beef with him, and can I just point out that I've never called out Jake Paul. I never would call out Jake Paul. I answered to his call out. He put me in on his tweet saying, "What it is? I'm asked by journalists quite often. What do you think of Jake Paul? What do you think of these YouTubers?" and it kills him, absolutely kills him that I'm never ever complimentary of him because I can't, mm. I can't compliment him because he's not a professional boxer. He's, he's just, what is he? He's a white collar fighter at best. White collar. He's not even an amateur boxer. He's not amateur level. So this is the levels where, it, so when people ask me about a professional boxing match and say, Jake Paul, what do you think? Well, it is what it is. If you want to, if you want to watch white collar fighting, you enjoy it. If you if you like watching people trying to fight, we we saw what happened when Logan Paul jumped in, jumped in with Mayweather, and we, we saw what happened when even even Conor McGregor jumped in with 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 him. There's there's levels to the game, and it's it's called professional boxing for a reason. And if if you're not good enough, you're not good enough. And I don't think Jake Paul's good enough to to talk about being a professional boxer. Certainly not good enough to become a world champion. So when I'm asked, I'm just honest, and I just tell it how it is. And he doesn't like it. So he, he started on me, he said, look, I'll fight you, fight Anderson Silva and I'll fight you. Well, fantastic, okay. I accept the challenge. But, you know, what, what do you want me to say, Gareth? I can't give him any credit because I've not seen anything from him that warrants any credit from a four-time world champion Hall of Famer. Love it. That's the one I wanted to wake up. <laughs> That's listen, the Cobra. Listen, Spence is out in, uh, in Saudi. Spence, are you on 10% yeah. trying to match make this fight for your mate? Is that no, what you're trying no, to listen, do? Listen, I'm not, I'm not you... mate, but I, I, I saw the same as the Cobra, you know, me and Cole go back a long way. And when I saw that tweet from Jake Paul, sort of like even <laughs> suggesting that Cole had to go through Anderson Silva before he boxed him and all that, I was like, whoa, you can't put a, 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 a Hall of Famer like the Cobra in, in a semi-final fight against Anderson Silva to get the right to fight you, mate. I think you've got it all wrong. So when I put that to him, he then said to, you know, Cole's got to do something. I went, mate, you're not the A-side here. You are not the A-side. And I get what Cole said there, and I totally understand it. Yeah, let him box Anderson Silva first, but on the same day. That will get the cobwebs off of the Cobra. And then he goes in there and smashes Jake Paul up. I mean, come on. This is not even a conversation. Jake Paul is great salesman. He's trying to sell himself. But I wouldn't care if people go, well, Cole's been retired now. He's 45 years of age. Been retired nine years. It wouldn't matter if he was 145 years of age. <laughs> I'm putting my money on the Cobra. And that is a fact. I mean, it's not even a conversation. <laughs> He's not wrong. He isn't wrong. Listen, Carl, one thing that has excited the fans though this week, right? Because obviously we've not seen you do this for a bit, is the when when you the response video. Obviously, we used to love you when you were on that top table, mate, and you were mm. responding to <laughs> your to your opponents and you, you put them in the place just with words, and then obviously you do it with your fists as well. But referring to obviously punching his daft haircut off his head and all that type of thing, mate, I think he's got a lot of people excited again, Carl. I think they want to see I think they want to see it, mate. I think they want to see you get back in there. Well, the thing is, I don't, 
I don't. I haven't got much to say. If I'm on, if I'm working for for any of the the, the um, television channels, I mean, I work for Sky Sports. I did a little bit for Lee Wood on DAZN last week. I do a bit for for um, different TV outlets, shall we say? And I enjoy it. But actually, the response I got the other day from my video, which was literally just off the cuff, and then I sent it to a friend of mine to put a couple of pictures over it to jazz it up. And um, yeah, it got a, a fantastic response. So actually, on the back of that, I'm going to launch my own YouTube channel. Good man. Yeah. <laughs> Froch, Froch on fighting. There's the plug for, for me. Um, I did have a podcast with, um, with um, a friend of mine, but we've stopped doing that now. But I'm going to come back with a YouTube channel, Froch on fighting. So I can say my piece on that. And actually, we've got to wait to see what Jake Paul does. Because we are talking Jake Paul, Tom, if you're at the minute. And we've got to see what he does on Sunday. Now... As much as I say Jake Paul is useless, he doesn't belong in a professional ring and he, he's got no chance of fighting. I don't think he'd ever fight me. Listen, if he does, it's a bonus for me. He, he reckons I'm skin and he reckons I need the money. Let me tell you something. No, you've got that wrong. Mm. Um, but, you know, I don't need to prove, prove myself to anybody. People who know me know that I'm quite a shrewd businessman and um, I'm doing all right. I turned down quite a lot of money at the end of my career to fight Chavez Jr. I, mean, I think it was six million quid. I was like, you know what? I've had a fantastic career. I've got my health and my health is my wealth. I've done very well, and the last thing I need to do now is take any more punches, especially on this straight nose, as Gareth A. Davis <laughs> very, kindly, very kindly pointed out. But I don't think it'd be much of a fight fighting Jake Paul, and if he wants to pipe up and bring my name into the equation, I'll happily end this fake boxing career. He's, he's like, a, it's like a World Wrestling Bloody Federation. We used to have Jake the Snake, didn't we? Now we've got Jake the Fake. Can you remember Jake the Snake? Yes. I can, yeah, and, and Hulk, Hulk Hogan and... The Bushwhackers. Um, he's, he's like one of them. It's all pre. I think it's all pre-scripted. I'm not saying that this is a foregone conclusion, by the way, for Tommy Fury. I think this is a tough fight for Tommy Fury. But we've got to remember that Tommy Fury is a novice pro. He's, he's not got an amateur pedigree. This could be tricky for him. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to be concerned about Jake Paul if he beats Tommy Fury. That just means I've got to give him a little bit of credit because he jumped in there. I mean, it's fair to say that this is Jake Paul's professional debut. Would that be would that be fair mm, to say? Yeah, I think so. And he's the A side yeah. as well, isn't he? And he he is a brilliant promoter. Why do you think this might be a difficult fight for Tommy? Well, all the pressures on him. I don't know if that bet that he's had stands because it's like all when it takes all the money. I think that was a bit of a stupid move. Don't mm. don't put un, unnecessary pressure on yourself in a high pressure fight. This is a fight that everybody's in the boxing world is saying that Tommy Fury will win this fight. He's got to win it. And really, he has got to win it because he's fighting a, a YouTuber who's a performing clown, as far as I'm concerned. So if Tommy loses, he, he needs not step in a boxing ring ever again in, the, in a professional capacity because, it's to me, it's embarrassing. But unfortunately for Tommy, he's not got the experience, he's not got the pedigree, and he's jumping in there with somebody who's going to be fit and strong and quite busy and capable. And what is it, eight rounds? Yeah. Eight threes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, these guys aren't even eight rounds. Derek Chisora was like, is it eight rounds? I thought it was 12 rounds. Mm. Derek Chisora, though, we know he's clueless. I mean, he talks about a £200,000 bet for me against Jake Paul, making Jake Paul the winner. I'll take that bet. What's the history behind that, that, that Derek's talking you down? Well, Derek's off his head, isn't he? Is he, is he, <laughs> is he, is he feeling all right? Depends what mood he's in. Listen, that two hundred grand could be Spence's commission if he can get it over the line off the back of uh, Mate, what we I've, see tomorrow I've, night. I listen, I've said to Derek Jazora, mate, I'll, I'll give you three to one on that, mate. If you want to put 200 grand down, I will give you three to one. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with Colin what he said there. I mean, 
Yeah, Derek said he's had a long career and he was talking a little bit of nonsense then, mate. I've got to say that, but Derek's acting as a promoter out here as well and he's trying to sell this whole Jake Paul fight and, you know, we know what it is and, and like, bringing people like Cole Frotch in who he's, like I say, he's like a, a British boxing legend and to use Cole's name to try and promote the fight and push it up is exactly what they're doing because they're just trying to create the interest and I think that it's sparked I, I, a lot of interest just think by it's doing that. that. I think- I think you're right, Spencer. It is. It does spark interest. It does. It does bring a bit more credibility to the to the to the match. But I think I have hurt his ego. Jake Paul actually is quite. A, I think he's a brave character. He jumps mm. in there. He swings away. You've got to give people credit, even though I did, I did a little meet and greet earlier today down down in London, and there was white collar fighters and, and some really novice amateurs. And I did a bit of a pep talk to him. He was asking me about nerves and getting worried before you get in the ring. I said, listen, whatever capacity you get in that boxing ring, whether it's unlicensed fighting, white collar fighting amateur boxing you've got to be brave to get in there and mm. you need courage because it's hard to step through them ropes it's hard it's, i was always nervous every time i boxed and it's you know it's it's an unnatural thing to want to stand in front of someone and have a fight um so give jake paul some credit he's getting in there and he's now getting in there with um, tommy fury who can who can fight he's quite capable you know he's is is a, a novice professional um tommy fury but he's capable he can fight he can throw punches he's quite heavy-handed and um, he can have a go, shall we say. But mm-hmm. let's just not get carried away like he wants us to. He wants us to believe that now he's going to get some... Is he going to get a WBC ranking? I mean, it's... Well, come on, talk thing. to us about that, Carl, because we discussed it earlier. <laughs> and, and tell us truthfully, have you put the gloves on and hit the bag a little bit in the last few days? Well, listen, I did six three-minute rounds yesterday. There you go. It felt, it it, felt good. It never it leaves good. you, does it? <laughs> no, no, I'm surprised. I'm surprised, you know. I'm like, just letting the shots go and thinking... When am I going to start blowing? And I don't know if it was just... I do keep myself in shape. Though. I play a lot of tennis. I play a lot of golf with my son. I know it's only golf and you're walking around, but I'm outside putting in the, putting in the steps, but swimming, swimming, um, cycling. I'm just lifting weights. And a lot of the weights I do, deadlifting and squats, I do compound exercises that get the heart and lungs breathing. So... I'm quite fit. Listen, if I had if I had four weeks in the gym, <laughs> four weeks. That's why I don't even think I need four. I think I two weeks would do it. Two weeks in the gym, get myself two round fit, and I would knock Jake Paul over probably in the first round. If if I had a bad night, it'd be round two. I'd knock him out. El Sparker, like he, I think he knows it as well. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> always is. a pleasure it having is. you on the show. Uh, Carl, thank you so much for giving up a bit of time to come and join us. Have a good one. Pleasure. Good Take, night. Take care. Cheers. Take care, Cheers. Cheers, Carl. The Colbert himself, uh, Carl Frotch. Spence, I think you're on a winner there, mate. I reckon you could get about 10% out of this, pal, mm-hmm. if you keep pushing it tomorrow night. Uh, mate, I, I ain't gonna stop. Oh, you know, you know me. I'm always chasing a little bit of bunch. You know what it's like, boys. <laughs> as soon as I smelt a few quid there, I was on it. I was all over it like a rash. I, t- I played that interview straight to Jake Paul. He bit. I dangled the carrot. He bit it, and then there you go. I sparked it off. But I love the Cobra, don't you? He's just like yeah. he's just value for money, and he's still a good nick, boys. I've got to tell you mate, that. He's a great nick. He listen, is. listen. Like what you said earlier on. Even if he was 145 years of age, he'd still have his wickets yeah. where we anybody of, uh, <laughs> of this ilk. To be fair. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Always entertaining the one and only former four-time world champion, Carl the Cobra Frotch. Our final guest on uh, on Saturday evening was Lee Wood's trainer. Ben Davison, obviously off the back of last weekend's world title fight where Lee Wood was sadly defeated by Maurizio Lara, it ended with Ben Davison throwing in the towel. Ben caught up with Gareth A. Davis to talk about the psychology behind pulling your man out of a fight. Look, I think there's a clear, almost a checklist that you have to quickly run through your head uh, in a moment like that. And uh, two of the biggest comebacks in, in, in recent years, I've been in the corner for Fury against Wilder 1 and... Uh, actually Lee Wood against Mick Conlon and um, both of those times the, the number one thing for me of why I didn't chuck the towel and there's been rumours before that I was going to chuck the towel in with Tyson and was going to stop the fight the absolute nonsense the difference was that I was I knew Tyson could defend himself and that's the number one thing um, at that moment in time it was the 12th round there was a few minutes left in the round even and mm. um, but I could see that you know, and something Tyson kept talking about along along the way in the training camp was there's a chance that I might go down, but I've been down before, I'm experienced, I'll take my time in getting up. Once I get up, I won't rush it, etc. And when he got up, the ref asked him to, to take a step to the side. And I could see that Tyson's legs were underneath him, his head was clear, he was able to defend himself. It was a sticky situation to be in, but I knew he could defend himself. Lee Wood, when he went down against Mick Conlon, the bell went, um, obviously spoke to him in the corner, I could see he was okay. He come back out bit of a rough patch but I knew he could defend himself on Saturday it was obviously something that, that we discussed you know about you know there's a chance that you might go down Lara's a puncher in that scenario make sure you don't rush to get up but that's not me critiquing Lee because Lee's an absolute warrior the first thing on his mind is to get back up and fight and um, you know he's shown that before um, in almost a real life Rocky movie with, with, with the Mick Conlon fight and um, on Saturday he got up and I, I wasn't certain. I can't say that he... And there's lots of people going, it was the right decision. It was the wrong decision. I put a thing out to say, I respect both sides of opinions because the reality is nobody knows. That's the whole point of it. We didn't wait to find out. Mm. The reason I didn't wait to find out was because I wasn't certain that he could defend himself. And that was the number one thing, no matter how long he's left in the round. If we was to sit here and count for 10 seconds, it's a long time of someone throwing bombs at you. So... That was the reason behind my decision was I wasn't certain he could defend himself. Instinct. Now, I openly Instinct. admit... Instinct. Instinct. And, you know, it's a decision that I have to live with. And it's hard because I know Lee's come out and publicly said, you know, I respect my, my trainer's decision and blah, blah, blah. That's because 
he's got the utmost faith in me and and he's a good guy and there's you know we've got a great relationship however the truth is i know the type of fighter that lee would is deep down his 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 own feelings he will feel like i would have got through that mm. and i still i've got it in me to come back and win he has got that in him and that's that you know that's something as i said that's something that i've got to live with because i was the one that made that decision however I do feel like it was the right decision with everything taken into consideration. The fact that he had a, he's got a rematch clause and, you know, just that's that's the main thing that I wasn't sure he could defend himself and it wasn't a risk that I was willing to take. Were you surprised that opinion was so divided afterwards, if you've seen it all? Um, if I'm honest, no, because I think initially with how long was left in the fight and, you know, people from a distance, they can't see little things and little details. Um, so I completely get it. You know, you're watching it on TV, the fight goes down before, you know, the towers come in and it's like, well, hold on a minute, there's only 10 seconds left. But when you, I think a lot of people actually initially thought that, to be honest with you, even the two guys in the corner with me were like, at very first, I thought, oh, a bit hasty. But then afterwards, I thought, actually, that was the right decision. So as they say, no one knows the fighter better than their trainer. And, um, a lot of people, as you said, Tony Bellew, Carl Froch, both changed their mind afterwards. And, uh, you know, I feel like it was the right decision. Have you spoken to him this week about uh, invoking the rematch clause with Eddie Hearn? Presumably, Lee's got to be off sparring and gym for 30 days anyway, is it? Yeah, um, we, we're going into the office on Monday to have a chat with Eddie. You know, we'll have to see how things lie and the schedule and the options, etc. But... Uh, yeah, all I can say is Lee's more motivated now than uh, than he's ever been. And like I say, that that fire that he's showing, that motivation that he's showing, lit a fire within me to, to for me to be probably as motivated as I've ever been in my career as well. You spent years around Tyson Fury. He's over there in Saudi Arabia. You must have. We've all got, we're all rubbernecking this event, of course. Um, it's fascinating. Tommy Fury, Jake Paul, you must have a view. Um, well, I've, I, probably got a different opinion to the most people in in boxing in a sense that I, I respect Jake Paul I think that a friend of mine from Showtime asked me to go to the press conference when he I can't remember who he thought to be honest but we went over we went over to it to meet him when I was in Vegas a little while ago and when Jake was speaking in the press conference he was talking about how much he reinvests into himself in terms of the guys around him creating content um, he employs the best of the best to, 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 in his opinion, to to create this content. He employs the best of the best of, of the boxing team um, for him to be the best that he can be and uh, really dives into it. And I think that that's something that's lacking in boxing, his fighters reinvesting in themselves. Mm. And, um, you know, I respect the graft and the work that he's putting in. And, uh, and I think that's why he's been able to improve in, in such a short space of time. And the reality is this, he's moving quicker than a lot of prospects, a lot of actual prospects in boxing. Obviously, Tommy's been boxing pretty much his whole life. Tommy's more experienced in a sense of a skill set. He's been around it more. He's, he's seen more, et cetera, et cetera. But when you talk about boxing on this magnitude, the experience lies with Jake Paul. He's not wrong. Ben Davison <laughs> catching up with uh, Gareth Davies. Uh, a little earlier on today, and do you know something? I, I love listening to Ben speak because he is calm, he is cool, he's collected, and he is considered with the things uh, that he does speak about. I ju we'll talk about the, the last thing that he was speaking about there, obviously this fight tomorrow before we go back to the Lee Wood uh, situation. Everything he said there was absolutely bang on. Anybody that thinks, oh, it's a boxer against a YouTuber, and that's the end of the conversation, 
I think has completely missed the point. Ben nailed everything. Everything that I'm thinking about this fight coming into tomorrow came out of Ben Davison's mouth just then. Yeah, and and yet I still have the feeling that apart from the boxing purists, most people think it's a boxer against a YouTuber. The the the, the number of people who've said to me that it's their children that want to watch this. Yeah. Their teenage children because of Jake Paul's following. Um and they do. They want to. They believe. I remember when Deji fought Floyd Mayweather, and of course Aaron Chalmers went eight rounds with Floyd Mayweather tonight at the O2 Arena, very empty O2 Arena, yeah. by the way, which was slightly worrying. Um, just a few. A smashing, it's not, I think it's few, a good. I think it's a good thing. Maybe. Maybe it is. <laughs> maybe, maybe things come to an end in that sense. But um, that, you know, Ben Davison can see the effort that Jake Paul's put in. And, and and you can't take that away from him. You can't take away that, you know, we've mentioned it several times this week, the fact that he's he, he's addicted to this. Mm. Like KSI is addicted to it. And can he get into that frame? KSI is begging Jake Paul on social media to, to win tomorrow night. Um, no, I think, I think Ben is giving Jake Paul his due. But as he also says, on paper, Tommy Fury should win. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing that they were speaking about, obviously, was the aftermath of uh, the Lee Wood Maurizio Lara fight, where Ben made the decision to throw in the towel. Ten seconds remaining mm. of the round, we said in the immediacy, uh, "Listen, time is irrelevant. At the end of the day, if you believe that your fighter is not fit uh, to continue, if they're not in a position to defend themselves, then you make the decision. Because I'd rather you be too early than too late." Ben made that decision. I supported him then. I support him now. Really interesting to listen to him talk about the psychology of it because he's been there before he's been there in the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight he's been there in the Lee Wood uh, Michael Conlon fight he's had these big decisions to make in the past he's very experienced at making this, the, these decisions so it was interesting to see the type of emotions that he goes through on like two or three seconds before he has to make the final call yeah and 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 you know he, he talked of the nuance of it just then didn't he but the bottom line is it comes down to instinct no one wants to see a brave trainer as it's called in boxing ever because Correct. It, 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 there's a difference in the way trainers think, how fighters think, how fans think, how the media thinks, how, how we as observers when we're commentating think. We all have different takes on it in those, in those moments. And also maybe come from a different standpoint. And fighters, they'd rather go out on their shield, as we say. Yeah. They'd rather go out. Lee Wood would rather have been battered around in that last 10 seconds and come out for the next round and fought another three minutes than what happened there. But with hindsight, he's got, he can invoke the rematch clause and he lives to fight another day. And he, and he respects um, Ben Davison's of decision course. in the end. And, and it's a difficult thing to do, as Ben explained. You're pulling a guy out who doesn't want to do that. Of a world title fight. Yeah. Who is the world champion yeah. in that particular yeah. moment. Yeah. But Ben's yeah. first job is to protect his fighter at all time. It's a referee's job to protect the fighter at all time, but it's it's his job. If he doesn't believe that his man is in a fit state to defend himself, get him out of there. Absolutely. Because like you've he's a father of two. He's got he's, there's life outside of boxing. There's also that 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 essence of going into a rematch now, Lee Wood can go in there more confident than he would than if Maurizio Lara had, had ended the fight off a knockout. He goes in there now with that element, I could have carried on. We don't know whether he could or whether he couldn't. No, that we'll never know. Because we'll of what know. Ben gave yeah, him course. has given him, I think, a real thing to work towards going into a second fight. They will be different in the second fight. They'll have a different strategy. They'll fight a different way. Um, they know 
what Lara's bringing. They know how he is. They know the rhythms. They know he's got to start faster because he's such a bad starter. He's so slow starting, and that's one of his big problems. You know, we don't know yet. It may be Warrington next, Josh Warrington next for Lara, but it may be Lee Woods. And I think they're probably... Yeah, I think so. In the summer, early to late summer. And that's the thing that we said in the the build-up. Celebrate the fight that the man gambled on himself. He took a fight. Yeah, it didn't go his way. Celebrate him. Let's get back behind him. Let's go again. Don't no tune-ups. None of that nonsense. Let's get straight back in at the very top level. Let's talk heavyweights. Yeah, shall we? Yeah. Um, because I've seen him this week. He's out there. He's 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 playing his role as the brother of the man that's in the main event tomorrow night. But he is the heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury. Uh, and we want him to fight Alexander Usyk. We spoke about it on many occasions on this particular show that Alexander Usyk has done his side of the deal uh, with Saudi Arabia. That doesn't look like it's going to go in that direction. Now we're hearing that Wembley uh, Stadium is going to be the place uh, for the fight, the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world, and it's coming to come down uh, to purse splits. I've seen bits of conversation this week that TalkSport have done. Spencer Oliver with his microphone, he's been in the face of everybody asking them questions. John Fury in particular saying, what's going on with this heavyweight fight? And they keep talking about purse splits and that Tyson Fury is the A-side and he deserves the bigger lion share of uh, of whatever money that fight generates. I disagree. I'm going to be honest with you, I disagree. And I'm going to come out and say it. As far as I'm concerned, it's the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. You've got the undisputed cruiserweight champion and unified heavyweight champion taking on what many would class as the number one heavyweight in the world. I understand that maybe the number one heavyweight in the world uh, commercially has made a few more quid and uh, put a few more bums on seats in, in various fights in the past. But as far as I'm concerned, this is 50-50. Make the fight, get it on, and if you have a cracker, why don't you go and do it again and make even more money than the second time around? Well, I'm not going to argue with you because I've given the same argument as well that if it means getting this fight on, you go 50-50. If Alexander Usyk's team are playing hardball on it, um, just go out and do it. Tyson Fury will be a big favourite in this fight. It's a, it's, a, it's a difficult assignment in lots of different ways. It is, yeah. Um, ben Davison will talk to us about that later as well. Um, I think in the next segment, he thinks it's a fa- uh, f- fascinating fight in that way. We all do. But when there's an opportunity for all the belts to be fought over at heavyweight, the blue ribbon division, the division that is different to all others, heavyweights are different boxers to all other boxers. They're the people that don't need to cut weight. They, they, they hit harder than anyone else in in the sport and they are the standard bearers for our sport so to not have that fight if it falls apart I'm I'd be so disappointed fascinating to see um fascinating to see Tyson Fury out there uh sitting around Mike Tyson at the moment um I was half thinking that Alexander Usyk might sneak out there as well um Prince Khalid's um maybe talking to Tyson Fury out there as well are we going to end up with a two-fight deal with Usyk and Fury, Fury and Usyk happening in the UK and then also in Saudi Arabia, that could happen as well. Um, but you're right. I mean, we've talked about these words before. Tragedy, travesty, if we do not get these big heavyweight fights. And they're not coming quickly at the moment. No. And, and, and it's it's like the eternal tease, isn't it? There's, there seems to be a lot of posturing, I'm going to be honest with you. And the more... Uh Faces that I see pop up throughout the course of the week, the more posturing there seems to be. For example, and we're going to hear from him right now, the manager of Deontay Wilder, because Deontay Wilder's rocked up in the Middle East. Mm. He's out there right now. We know that he's had three great fights. We were lucky enough to be ringside for every single one of the fights yep. that he had with Tyson Fury. Uh, there has been murmurs and rumours that 
part four might be on the horizon. Shelley Finkel is Deontay Wilder's manager and he's been catching up with Spencer Oliver. What are the plans for Deontay moving forward? We know he's, he's got fights coming up now. You know, what's the roadmap for him? I can't tell you because we're just working through them. We have three or four different options. I don't want to tell you what. You know about Ruiz. There's a couple of others. In the next week or so, hopefully one of them will take shape and you'll see it. I mean, Anthony Joshua's been thrown, his name's been thrown in there and he's yeah, he's been quite vocal that he's now looking for that fight again. Is that something we can see? Um, we have looked for years for it. And I think the public knows that when they said, we want 50 million and we said, you got it, the fight didn't happen. Um, Eddie said to me, do this just recently and it'll happen. So he said, the next fight will be the um, with um, Joshua. Then the next fight is he has a new trainer. The new trainer wants him to take a warm up. Then they say, well, maybe not Deontay, maybe Dylan White. I can't wait for my, we just got to go with our career. Told you, posturing. Are you still confused? Uh, Shelley Finkel there speaking to Spencer Oliver. He's the manager of Deontay Wilder, who has rocked up in uh, in Saudi Arabia. Listen, I'm, I'm, there's one fight in the heavyweight division. It is Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. That is the fight. So however that gets over the line, that is important for the whole division. And then everything else is going to filter off the back of that. Deontay Wilder is still a huge, huge player. If he is to fight Tyson Fury again at some point, I'm absolutely going to be all over it. If he fights Anthony Joshua, I'm absolutely going to be all over it. If he fights Joe Joyce or if he fights Usyk, all of, all of them. All of them. All of them. There's five or six guys there who are just... I, I, I just don't understand why they're not fighting each other. We would love to see all those fights. I, I completely agree. It's incredible, really, Ed, when you think about it. The one interesting spin on the whole of this this week has been the fact... That Deontay Wilder has come out and used the term I'm an open agent now. Yeah. Everybody knows that in the past he's been heavily connected to BBC, Al Heyman, and he's kept everything kind of in-house. Um, we know that certain sanctioning bodies call for him to fight Andy Ruiz. Interesting to see Andy Ruiz has now stepped away from BBC and he's become a, a free agent yeah. or open agent as they are referring to it as. Now what that means and what we are led to believe that means for Deontay Wilder is that he is a little bit more promotionally free in order to cross over into different networks, work with other promoters and we've already been told by Eddie Hearn that he is speaking to Deontay Wilder about making fights. One thing that popped up this week from the former UFC heavyweight champion of the world, Francis Ngannou, who we all know is trying to step into the world of boxing. He has, in the past, had conversations with Deontay Wilder. On social media this week, he said, nice to see you join Open Agency. Let's hope you're a man of your word. We've had conversations in the past. Let's have a dance. That itself, marketing-wise, the biggest puncher in the UFC, the biggest puncher in boxing, going at it, could make a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, it could, and, and good luck to them if they do do it. I'm, I'm surprised then that Francis Ngannou isn't out in um, Saudi Arabia. I would be the, surprised if he rocks at, up tomorrow. At the same fight fest. <laughs> um, you know, he rocked up at Tyson Fury's fight with Dillian White, and he got fairly short shrift, didn't he, even though he did get in the ring. Um, yeah, but add him to the mix as well. I mean, he's not a boxer, we hasten to add. He's an of MMA guy. The, the reason so, why I bring it up is because Francis Ngannou is going to get one shot at boxing. Yeah. One yeah, shot. Because yeah. if he fights Wilder, if he fights Fury, if he fights AJ, I would back all three of those to beat Francis Ngannou in a boxing match. He's going to get one crack at it. And I was just thinking, financially, which is the one that can be marketed the biggest, apart from a heavyweight championship, let's say, 
is probably Wilder because of their. It might be. He's the heavy puncher. He's the heavy puncher. Who's going to land first? It might be. They could go back to Africa as well with it, couldn't they? They could do something very, very big. I mean, they could really dream an amazing promotion. You know, chaos in Lagos or whatever they want to call it. You know. Um, I, th I think it's a big... Francis Ngannou, the biggest fight. I wanted to say Anthony Joshua for a moment. I think he's, it still might be. still um, might be. One, it, of, one of them is massive. He's only going to get one. In a weird way, maybe they match up well in, in physically. I mean, they're both beer moths. I mean... Wilder and um, Wilder is just a massive. Oh my God, they're all. I'm, I'm, my mouth's watering at the thought of them all. But I think um, I think Ngannou only gets one crack because, like I say, I think he gets beat by all three. Yeah, yeah. In a, probably, boxing, in a boxing he, match, he, I think he does. He does. So he's only going to get one chance to market that. So he's got to choose that quite wisely. But from a boxing purist point of view, of course, we want to see Fury and Usyk. That's what we want to see. I want to see AJ and uh, and, and Deontay Wilder. Oh, see, so do I. I want to see Joyce. There's no way that Wilder there. would fear facing Joshua, and I think Joshua is probably about to get up and and have an appetite for those big fights. Um, you know, so we were with him recently, and you know he 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 knows he's 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 just a prize fighter right now, and he's bound to have the ambition to fight those other guys. Mike Mike Tyson was talking very kindly of him um, in Saudi with with different outlets um, about how he just needs to knuckle down and get in there and realise that losing isn't a problem. Just go and fight people. Absolutely. And he was very, very gracious about him, I've got to be honest, Ed. Well, on that, let's hear from Mike Tyson, shall we? Uh, former undisputed champion of the world, youngest man to ever do that. He was been catching up with Spencer Oliver and he was talking about tomorrow night's fight with Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. So, Mike, we're here at the, at the big fight, Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. What do you make of this fight? Hey, listen, I only saw um, Paul fight, I never saw Fury fight. Um, I don't know, I never saw Fury fight. I, I mean, Jake Paul's come from a white-collar background, really, no boxing experience, but he's worked really hard and got himself into a great position. Well, he do have boxing experience. He boxed before because it shows in his fight that he, he won against people that he shouldn't have beat. And listen, um, I don't think they brought him here to lose either. Sure. Because he's good for fighting, he's good for boxing. He makes more money than the champions of boxing. So he's, a, he's an enigma. And that's what he's done. He's brought new eyeballs to the sport, isn't he? And oh. you've got to respect that. Oh, man, whoever donated out of their mind. Sure. He's, giving, he's, making more fighters for the, he's making more money for the fighters. Yeah, I mean, can we talk a, bit, a little bit about the heavy, current heavyweight division at the moment as well? Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, Alexander Usyk. What do you think of those guys and who do you rate as the best at, at pound for pound at the moment? Tyson Fury proved over and over again he's the best. So we shouldn't be, and I, and I respect nobody, I respect Dante Wilder, Uzik, with the most respect I possess. Tyson Fury is the champ, he's the reigning champ, and he's going to be the champ for a long time if he chooses to be. That's just the way, let's get some new guy up. Uh, Mr. Joyce is a tough, durable guy, he's not going to do it. You know, um... Nobody around us can do it yet. Do you think Alexander Rusik, with his boxing skills, do you think he's just too small for someone like Tyson Fury? I never think anybody's too small. I just think um, Tyson's not going to do what um, Anthony Joshua was. I think he's just going to go out and put a lot of pressure on him. Mike Tyson catching up with uh, Spencer Oliver. That full interview is available on our uh, boxing YouTube channel as well. Um, Who'd have thought it though, Ed, that we would be listening to the wisdoms of Mike Tyson twenty five years ago? It makes a lot of sense. He's great. He's terrific, by the way. Let's let's make no bones about it. He's he's such a you know obviously he's a lunatic inside, and that's what he was, and a wrecking ball fighter, and a hero, and an icon. But 
It's lovely to see him old, for me it is anyway, in his 50s and, and really talking sense and wisdom so much. No, absolutely, especially when he was speaking about the boxing business, the side of that that uh, really irks a lot of people. And when you hear someone like Mike Tyson speaking about it, ears do prick up and I hope that people start to pay attention to him and maybe start to do away with the business side of this game and start to make the fights that we all want to see. It's The noises are starting to sound good. Fingers crossed we're all going in the right direction. There you have it. That was the Fight Night Show from Saturday night. Every single Saturday, we do get stuck into the top topics from the world of fight sports. We'd like you to come back and join us live. But if you can't, then subscribe to this podcast because we'll always put our very best guests uh, on this particular show. You can do that via the TalkSport website or via the various platforms that you can get your podcast from. We'll catch you next time.